Welcome to Attachment Theory in Action, a weekly podcast presented by the Knowledge Center at Chaddock. Join host Karen Doyle Buckwalter for an insightful, informative, and inspiring conversation with leading researchers, authors, and clinicians discussing issues in attachment theory. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review and share with your professional network. Today, Karen concludes her conversation with Tim Galvin about love relationships and attachment theory. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. I'm your host, Karen Doyle Buckwalter, joining you here from Chaddock. And we are actually today having sort of an encore interview with Tim Galvin. You may recall Tim was a part of our series on looking at family therapy and attachment theory. And at that time, I let all of you know that he was one of my instructors in my two-year post-master's marriage and family therapy training that was through Menninger Clinic at the time. And so in preparing that interview, Tim had shared with me a number of papers that he had written related to attachment theory. And um, when I got them, I just thought that they were amazing. And I wanted to do additional interviews with him based on these different papers that he sent me. So one in particular was called the attachment process and building an intimate conversation in love relationships. And he is going to talk about that paper today and that topic. But I also, in case you didn't hear about his background in my previous interview with him, he is um, a trained both Uh, licensed clinical social worker. So he has his MSW, but he is also a marriage and family therapist um, licensed as that as well. And also as a marriage and family therapist supervisor, he has taught for many years at Wash U in St. Louis, very prestigious school where he has taught family therapy courses, courses on couples therapy, He's also been a faculty member and supervisor at the St. Louis University Medical School in the Department of Psychiatry. Just done really a tremendous amount of work in the field of marriage and family therapy and been very involved with AAMFT. So um, I think that you will enjoy the interview with him today. He's going over some very specific steps that he believes need to be part of an attachment promoting conversation between couples and you'll probably be hearing even more from him beyond this interview Um, but for today let's get ready to welcome tim galvin to the podcast once again just hang on for a minute and he will be with us Supporting children and families who have experienced great loss and endured extreme trauma is a daunting task. At Chaddock, we have the experience and longevity to understand the type of support needed to keep the best and brightest engaged with this work. In January, the Knowledge Center at Chaddock will launch the next session of the Developmental Trauma and Attachment Institute for helpers who seek to be rejuvenated and revitalized in their work with children and families. This type of renewal and confidence is a natural byproduct of gaining specialized knowledge, advanced skills, 
consultation, guidance, mentorship, and most importantly, being in a community providing the experience of being seen and understood. We have designed an experience and a soft place to land where all of these needs will be met in one central place. For more information on the Developmental Trauma and Attachment Institute, to join the waitlist for more information or to sign up, visit tkcchattock.org. Well, hey, Tim, it's great to be with you and continuing this conversation. Yeah. Uh, thank you yeah. so much. So we're looking at, you know, an article that you wrote pretty recently, right? Yeah, just Yeah, recently. yeah. Like it's it's hot off your press. You inspired <laughs> me. You inspired me when I thought, you know, what am I going to talk about? I thought, I need to write that down. I haven't written that down. I've been talking about it off and on for years. Yes, yes. And so, you know, as we're continuing this discussion about um, the process, uh, the attachment process in building an intimate conversation in our love relationships, you have like five key things that you're talking about, listening, understanding, empathy, compassion, and kindness. And Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to talk about the other four somehow today. Let's do it. <laughs> so um yeah so moving along um to to the next one i feel a little bit better because in the paper you spend a lot of, you, you know there's more i think a lot written about listening too so so moving on to understanding like yes. listening and understanding are not the same thing in the way that you're writing about them that's right yeah i um understanding in my mind I, the Gottmans, you know, in their research found that 69% of issues in a couple's marriage, they don't see eye to eye on. There's some variation in how much they disagree or have differences, but, um, but that's a, that's a pretty high percentage. That was startling actually, when I first heard that, but then I realized what's so shocking about that. You know, you have two people who grew up in two different families and they've had two different life experiences and, the fact that they agree on 31% is pretty shocking. So I, I think of Deborah Tannen. Did you ever read her stuff? She is. So I did good. because of you, that you guys would talk about it. I um, Please understand me. Is that one of yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yep. Yeah, she said in one of her books uh, that I really liked, um, uh, couples who talk to agree are in big trouble. We, you, you, have, you have to talk to understand each other, because if you're going to talk for agreement, you're going to have a lot of conflict. And according to Gottman, that's true. But if you but you can always talk to understand, you can always understand the other person if that's your intention. And that's what makes the relationship stronger. Um, You know, Gottman in their weekends, they they talk about um, uh, the unsolvable problems in couples marriages. And the more they talk about them together, listening, uh, the less a problem those differences become because the relationship is bigger than any problem that they have. Um, So the value of of really listening and striving to understand uh, your partner is really important. And it's something you can always do, whether you agree with them or not, you can always work to understand yeah, because you say in here, um, in some marriages, relationships, uh, people hold the view that if you understand me, you will agree with me. Uh-huh, that's right. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. Now, wait, I explained that three times. I thought you got it. Let me explain it again, because I know <laughs> that you agree with it. Like, they won't give up. 
Well, and I also want to go back just for a second to the idea um, of you used a different term, but the perennial problems. Yeah. yeah. That was really, when I first read about that, that was really an aha moment for me mm-hmm. that there's going to be these ongoing irresolvable, unresolvable, or there's both right. the word, I don't know. Um, yeah. Because I think that we have in our mind, well, a, a, a good, solid relationship is harmonious, meaning uh-huh. like we agree on these things. And that's, I think even people confuse that with compatibility. And right. it just all turns into what you're saying. If you understand me, you'll agree with me. And the idea that there's you're gonna have to revisit issues and figure out how we'll not negotiate it for a solution but negotiate to get through it i mean i just really feel like that's not how a lot of people are going into relationships that's right no and 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 boy the research shows clearly that if you go in with this intention that we have to agree you're toast but if you go in with the intention of understanding each other, even though there's some differences, um, you actually build the relationship every time you have that conversation. I because love that. The relationship is more important than any of these little differences or even maybe bigger differences between us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I understand where you're coming from. I don't agree. I mean, I don't know how I can't think that way, but I, you, you make it clear when you explain it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a validation in there, and we all like that a little bit. Yeah, I think therapists could be seeing some of that more than ever with how our country is like so mm-hmm. polarized, comes mm-hmm. to mind, and very rigid camps yep. of thinking. And, um, yeah. We're not seeing a lot of this idea modeled. (laughs) No, it's true. Uh, uh, You know, the larger conversations in our culture are are just so polarized. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's no listening or understanding. Yeah, yeah. So so let's go on to empathy. Okay. Talk about that. Ingredient number three in building this attachment through conversation. Yeah. Empathy is is the ability to imagine um, because we can't really know for sure, although we have mirror neurons and and when we tune into someone, we we can feel what they feel in a sense, um, but it may not be exact. And and it's sitting in that space with someone and they're upset, they're depressed, they're angry, they're whatever they are, and we're sitting in that space with them. And they can see by our listening and understanding that we really get where they're at. Uh, There was a a woman who said to Dan, uh, Dan Siegel one time about the therapy she'd had with him is, is I really felt felt for the first time in my life. I felt felt. And I thought, isn't that powerful? But that's what it is that I'm sitting with someone and, um, I'm either sharing with them something that's, you know, very poignant or they're sharing with me and 
and we find ourselves sharing that space together mm-hmm. because it you I, 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 not, I not only get what you're saying to me, I get how that must be like for you. That's, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that's, that's the real heartfelt connection. It's not in our heads, it's in our hearts that the connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am not alone. Yeah. That I'm, I'm in a terrible place, but I am not alone. You have this quote in here. We open our hearts and share our vulnerability to be healed. Mm-hmm. We open our hearts and suspend our needs so we can be there for our loved ones to grow, growing and healing together. Yeah, that's some of that's from Imago and some of it yeah. from you. But yeah. then you say this is an attachment relationship. That's right. That is that is the essence of an attachment relationship. It's powerful. It is. And, you know, there, there's so many things, um, you know, I think about because I've worked with parents and children more than I've worked with couples. And it just there's it just mirrors because we're talking about this from an attachment perspective, obviously, it applies to both. And mm-hmm. this idea that somebody hears you and gets you and under, you know, I so often telling parents, don't try to talk your child out of that <laughs> you know say oh but really you should you could feel good about this or you could feel good yeah. about that and and rather just oh my gosh that's that must feel so sad for you yeah. that's um right. and i can imagine the same thing with cu- and i've seen the same thing with couples um yeah. and I'm, I'm sure you have too so that empathy um as opposed to just wanting to minimize or move on from you know sometimes we we can't it's hard for us to handle the pain of right those that we love and and then we do jump in like that i think with children and partners to try to like yeah uh, make it better mm-hmm. put some put a positive spin <laughs> well and i and i say that about men that men um work to manage and emotions and and they want to manage it by saying oh it's not as bad as you think and they try to contain it by by just saying well, I feel that way I, I, and and the the sad thing is men do that with a good intention just like parents do yes but, but it's the wrong move <laughs> it, it basically says listen I, i'm not going to go there with you you're on your own in that space mm. uh, I, you know i uh you're on your own and uh that's and again it's not the message loved ones want to give each other but our own anxiety about pain and sadness and anger and you know all the feelings that we can feel our kids can feel our partners can feel uh it really makes us very anxious yes and the salve the antidote is closeness not coming up with some kind of hair brain solution right yeah and when we think of um the language of safe haven and secure base and you know even when i think of circle of security um you know where how the child goes and explores the world but then they have to come back and like refuel with the parent it's so like and we 
see that with couples, um, at least a healthy couple, like I, I, I need to come back. Like I, I was out in the world being bombarded yeah. by all of these things and I want to come back to the safe haven, secure base. Um, I really like, um, uh, the, the term couple bubble. Yeah. <laughs> um, really yeah. true. That Stan, Stan Tatkin talks about the couple bubble. And I always feel like that, like coming back to that, the couple bubbles like that yeah. safe haven, secure base. Um, yeah. And we refuel, we refuel with the security of that relationship. It, it's, uh, it's so important. Mm -hmm. And it does allow us to then achieve more or you know, all of those things that we want in the world that are maybe um you know unrelated to intimacy but that feeling um to, to go just like with you know babies that they, they, then they can go explore the world and and go on to the next developmental task and, mm -hmm. and i think mm -hmm. it's the same with us <laughs> it is exactly yeah. John Bowlby said, from the cradle to the grave. Yes. Yes. So, um, you, you sum up here empathy, but the relationship does not end with empathy. Um, and you move on to talk about compassion. So what do yeah. you want to, to highlight for us about that? Well, I want to start with a, a joke. Okay. That is that the way I feel compassion for my wife is I realized that I married so much better than she did. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I think compassion towards her, that poor woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So compassion. <laughs> you say compassion is empathy in action. I do. And that may not be exactly true. I think I think uh, empathy puts our compassion in motion. The action really is acting in kindness that comes next. But I just I just wrote that because it was kind of came to my mind. But, I like but, it. <laughs> yeah, well, it does move us. I mean, it 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 is an emotion that that really moves us. We want to do something. Uh, something needs to be done. Um, and, uh, and my gosh, uh, there can't be enough compassion in this world in a large sense. And, and truth is, it is, it is such a wonderful um, uh, experience for people to have. And, and again, it goes back to that imago, not only giving it, but receiving it. Mm -hmm. um, that that we, wanna, we want to give compassion. We want to act compassionately uh, towards others. But we also want to be able to, to take that in when others treat us with compassion mm -hmm. um, so compassion is you know compassion is um let's go with compassion is empathy and action it it's it's the moving out from that empathic connection into doing something that makes a difference for the person who's hurting or you know even in a loving way to be compassionate to somebody who's desirous or um, you know, wanting more closeness, moving towards more closeness and, and uh, caring. It's just really compassion is just the expression of caring. 
And you have a quote here, solve the moment, not the problem. Yeah, that's Dan Weil. I love that quote. And again, because so many times we're just trying to make somebody feel better or resolve some situation or make something happen. And and actually, when we're in when we're in attachment moments, when we're in intimate moments, it's the moment that is important, not what we do to do whatever we do to ruin it. <laughs> yeah. If we can, you know, slow down and just stay right. in that space, in a way, it's it's really freeing. Yeah. And Karen, you, you said it. I, I mean, we just need to slow down um, and, and think about and reflect on what's where we are and what's going on and not lose that moment. Because so many times people can act compassionately and it, and it doesn't work out so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because they're trying to solve a problem and not the moment, which is the couple or the parent-child moving forward together uh, in a way that does help resolve whatever um, the problem or pain might be. Yeah, you um, say here in summarizing that quote, solve the moment, not the problem. The moment he is talking about here is the listening, understanding, and empathy that has created the moment where further action may or may not be needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have to slow down because our tendency is to do something. And mm-hmm. sometimes not doing something is the most important thing we can do and just stay in that moment. And continue. Here's another pithy uh, Tim Galvin quote. Uh-oh. Do not compromise the connection for action. There you go. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're when we're in attachment moments, it is the relation, the connection that matters. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Not what. Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's go on to your final one, kindness yes, of I, five. Yeah. Kindness. Let's talk about that one. Kindness. Good word, actually. Um, it's thoughtful. There, there's something gentle about it. But you know, as as you and I both know, being therapists, um, kindness doesn't doesn't always mean um, nice. <laughs> you know, there's there's some hard things we do in therapy with people, um, but we do them with kindness, in kindness, in a kind way. Um, to help them move from places that aren't working so well for them to places that will work better. Um, but, but, the, but the kindness, again, is taking into account the person and their vulnerability. Um, you know, we're, we, we are trying to help people move through life um, in a way that fits for them and works for them and takes them into account, uh, which is very respectful. Um, I mean, when we work with people in their vulnerabilities, um, the, the kindness is that consideration of who they are and and what we know works for them and doesn't work for them. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, we often do that in our language, the, the words we choose when we're working with people to reflect the knowledge that we understand their vulnerability and we're taking that into account. And so we're speaking in ways that make it easier for them maybe to listen and hear and understand what it is that, that we're talking about. Yes, yes. So listening, understanding, empathy, compassion, and kindness, you say, are all part of an intimate conversation and attachment process in a love relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, so when you think of it, like, in terms of putting this paper together, when you think, are these things that have just been sort of rumbling around in your mind as you've worked with couples over the years? Or, you know, do you think in your sessions, well, I know you're retired now and not doing sessions, but, um, you know, of these terms or, or what, 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 what did you make? What what made these actionable for you? Well, I, I probably have been talking about these things for um, 10 years, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I talk about them in some of the teaching that I do. And and um, it actually was you calling me and, and me thinking about what I could say about attachment. Um, that made me think, you know what, I, I need to write these things down. And a la John Gottman, I, I, I want to do things in a way that makes it accessible, it's understandable, it's, it's kind of broken down in a way that, that one moves to the next and they hang together at the same time. Yes. And the bottom line is it's, it, it's a communication of love. It's a way that we express mm-hmm. and live out our love for people we really love and care about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. making it so, mm-hmm. making it practical yeah i love how you've broken it down into these nuanced ways and i think it's going to uh really be useful and helpful for those who have been listening and uh, uh just so listeners know, this is not going to be the last they hear from you. So we have some other plans. So, but I do want to thank you so much for being um, on the podcast today and doing this interview and for being one of my teachers. And um, boy, am I glad I caught you right before you were walking out of the office, clearing out. I might have lost track of you forever. Oh, it's good to see you again, Karen. It's good to talk to you. I, yeah. I'm really enjoy our conversation. All right. Well, bye-bye for now. And thank you okay. for joining us, listeners, with Tim. Thank you for being here, Tim. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Attachment Theory in Action. Please follow our site, tkcchaddock.org, or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for future episodes. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave a review and share with your professional network. For additional resources, training opportunities, and blogs, please visit tkcchaddock.org. We hope you'll join us again as we continue to explore the world of adoption, trauma, and attachment theory.